Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the church versus business episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you, that's right, you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and I'm here with Pastor Joel. How are we doing, Pastor Joel? I'm great. Who do you think won, church or business? <laughs> you know, in the long run, church is going to win. Church is going to win. But I think, I mean, what's cool, I don't, like, neither of them are wrong. They're not. What's wrong is when you treat one like the other. Oh, snap. Like, church, like, there's nothing wrong with business. There's nothing wrong with the hardware store having its focus being on making money. That's great. It's not a church. <laughs> I don't think exactly. we usually don't confuse businesses for churches. Right. The real damage is when a church is acting like a business or not acting like a church, ignoring the fact that it does need resources to run. So essentially both places could lose or both places could win just as long as they stay in their lanes. <laughs> Right. In fact, they shouldn't, they should just not be fighting. They shouldn't compete. They shouldn't be competing. <laughs> no, why no. did they, then why did they begin this episode fighting Pastor Joel? Yeah. That, why did, why did they why? come yeah, up why with did, the church? Why did they do this? Why yes. did they make us talk about this topic yes, as such? Yes. I don't know. Maybe because it's fun to imagine a heavyweight bout between these two things. But, yeah. I think it's because they are battling. Well, they are. In reality, they are. In fighting. reality, that's what's going on. Is because what ought to happen is rarely happening. Yes. Can you give us an overview right off the bat of the strict perspective and the loose perspective related yeah, to it? Right. So we're doing church versus business. So really, what we're talking about here on the strict side is how is this affecting the church? And on the loose side, how is this affecting the church? Yes. We're not really talking about how this is affecting business, right? Right. So the strict side is when a church is acting like a business. When the, the strict side is when a church is more focused on the quantitative, tangible things. The number of people, the number of money, physical. Yeah. Quantity, yep. And it measures progress quantitative. It measures or profitability quantitative. How much money? How much did we grow in money over last year? How many people? Not not what people, not how, how often are they serving and how are they being developed and becoming disciples? It's just how many are in the seats. That's the strict side. That's the limitation yeah. side. Yeah. The loose or the freedom side is... the we we don't we basically ignore the hurdle of resources altogether we don't need money god will take care of it let's pass the buck to him <laughs> <laughs> so he so uh, essentially they're they're not, they're being irresponsible right and, and and unfortunately what happens then if we ignore the hurdle we can't do the driver. 
eventually the driver doesn't become we, the progress is limited and we can't do the driver anymore. Nice. Not when it comes to church. So the, the resource, you know, and, and one of the resources with the church are people. Yeah. You talk about this Thanksgiving meal for the homeless. You need volunteers, brother. That's right. And that's actually one of the ways I think the church is being hurt is I think the leaders and the pastors are not recognizing the, the need and the benefit of having people who are serving. It's like, oh, we love when our bank accounts are in the black, right? We don't mm-hmm. want to be in debt. We love when we're paying our bills on time and have a nice cushion. Mm-hmm. But are we really valuing the volunteers who are serving of their time at a church and not getting paid for it? Yeah. That's a resource. It is. Just like I need money to pay the electric bill, I need volunteers to serve the turkey. And ignoring as such takes all that for granted. And then, and then this is how this happens is eventually the lights get turned off and the people stop volunteering. Hmm. And then you're left with a pastor or leaders not taking volunteers anymore, more, but making like trying to make people do stuff. Right. Instead of asking for volunteers to serve, they have to start assigning people into these roles. I actually know a person, a music of life church, Kimberly pastor who was a part of a church in his past that was coordinating an event for their community and they needed somebody to run the event. And during a Sunday morning church service, the pastor said, if you have questions or you want to help out, you can go and talk to this person without ever having told the person, without ever asking if they wanted to help, they were literally voluntold. Uh Uh-huh. And it felt like, I remember hearing the story and thinking, man, that's church damage. Yeah. That's abuse. And it's disrespectful. But that's how this stuff happens. Eventually, churches get to a point where if they aren't appreciating the resources they need, in order to do the things that they really offer, the benefit they really want to offer their community and their people is eventually people stop trying to help people stop tithing. The more you tell me I have to tithe, the less I want to, the more you tell me I have to serve, the less I want to. Right. And it's because I'm not being appreciated. I'm not being valued. Or it's like, that's something I really think the church could do better at. And I, and I think a lot of churches do a good job at that too. That's so good. No, it's, but that's it's, one of the ways this really can, these churches can end up falling apart is because they got no people, no people or money to, to do what they need to do anymore. So you got, we have the strict side that's going, let's just get more people. So more, more resources, more people, nickels and noses, right. Yeah. Accumulating more and more and more. The loose side is ignoring the resources or ignoring the people. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, they're irresponsible with the, the people and the resources that they have where, um, so let's acquire more. So both of the sides together going back and forth is let's accumulate a bunch of new people and ignore the people who've been there for a long time. Yeah. So what ends up happening, a couple things. One is the way these sides of the argument are similar is that neither of them end up doing a good job offering the benefit of the church that the church is supposed to offer. They may not even know what that benefit is. Mm. Second, what, what ends up happening, what tends to happen is this. So I like you talk about new people versus old people. And, and what I mean by that is um, tenure in a church, not age, right? Correct. A lot of times a church begins and it begins on the strict side. It begins on the limitation side. It begins with too much focus on the money and the people. We need more people because we need more money so that we can do what we want to do. Right. But instead of so that we can do what we want to do, the focus just stays on money, 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 people, people, people. And somewhere along the way, we forget what the benefit was. And so a lot of times what these churches, sometimes churches will have a wake up call and be like, we need to preach the truth again. Why? Yeah. Cause you were probably treating a hurdle like a driver and a driver like a hurdle. You were probably more focused on these quantity things, these tangible things, the money, the number of people instead of who the people really are. And you had a wake up call. We need to start caring for these people again. But you never get to a place where you stop caring for the people. That should be the thing driving a church. Nice. Then what tends to happen. So I start a church. I'm very focused on the strict side. I'm treating it like a business, whether I know it or not. Mm hmm. If I'm successful at that, I have a lot of money in the bank. I have a lot of people in the seats. Now I can relax. And what ends up happening is a church turns into a church that's on the loose side of the argument. Interesting. They flip, they go right past the ultimate answer into the other side. And now because they have money in the bank, they don't have to think about it anymore. Hmm. And what ends up biting these people in the butt is they're not being intentional at all. And then the church ends up over time, say 20, 30, 40 years down the road, you have a new set of leaders in and they're wondering, how are we going to pay for all this? And they were never trained on how to deal with the money side, the hurdle of a church, because the generations before them completely ignored it. Now a church ends up dying out because they're not being responsible with the money anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's how these churches can morph from one side to the other. But then what happens? This church on the loose side ends up being like, you know what? This new crop of leaders comes in. We're running out of money. We're going to have to close the doors. Mm -hmm. You know what we need to do? We need to focus on the money again. We need to get people back in here. And the focus then becomes the same as the limitation side again. But both, but you notice it goes back and forth. What we're trying to do here in the Malt podcast is let's give you the ultimate answer that addresses both sides in the right way. 
so that you can do this thing indefinitely. Nice. Where, you know what? Church that has enough money and enough people, you should still have a budget. You should still know what's coming in. You should still know what is needed to serve in the way that your church is set up to serve. Church on the strict side, it's a hurdle. They're like, you need to, again, you need the budget, figure out what do you need and encourage, encourage tithing from a place of love and not a place of, you have to affirm your volunteers and recognize really, what am I here for? Yeah. It's for the gospel. Yeah. This is awesome. I mean, it's, it's convicting for me as a reminder to just always be focusing on helping people who are serving feel appreciated Yeah, and learning what it takes to help people feel appreciated. Yeah. Um, because it is, I mean, ch- church is an interesting system. It's an interesting organization. It's an interesting group of people um because it does involve there is money involved yeah but we just need to make sure it's it's not it's not the driver which i love these these yeah. hurdles and the drivers so um you said you said having a budget is necessary but is a budget do you treat as a senior pastor, your budget, like it's a law. No. And well, in fact, one is <clears throat> one of the things that I would recommend to any pastors listening is if you're, if you're a senior pastor, you're better off having a budget team and that you're not unilaterally making decisions about the money yourself. And especially if you're also getting paid by the church. Get your hands out of the money, right? Yeah, and and uh, so that's great. But no, a budget's a guideline, right? And and ultimately, it adjusts over time depending on what you're doing. And and it, so a budget in a church ought to be in line with what are the what are the hurdles we do have to jump over in order to continue to put as much energy and focus into the mission of our church, the service we're providing to people. But I know me and pastor Jonathan at one time, we both, well, here's something I'd love. Here's, here's a way to, to know what it takes for your volunteers to feel, feel appreciated is to do those things yourself. Me and pastor Jonathan, you and I really, were set up really well in this area by our senior pastor. Mm-hmm. When you and I first started as associates together, we were doing everything. Yeah. And we weren't getting paid. We both were bivocational. And one of the reasons he told us, I want you guys to do all this stuff. One, he had already done it before. This wasn't his first rodeo. Right. And two, he literally taught us 
it'll be good for you to know what your people are going through in the day where other people are filling these needs. Mm. And it really, there's still things going on today. What, nine years later that I'm able to see people serve behind the scenes and I'm seeing things that I wouldn't be seeing if I wasn't in their position at one time or another. So that's always a benefit too, is like, if you're, if you're just starting out and you're wanting, you're training as a pastor or wanting to, the first thing I'd do is I'd start finding who are the people serving in the church and start helping out and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Serve tables, help out with the potluck, you know, mop the floor, sweep, vacuum. Yeah. Ask to ask to help out with the money, you know, be, you know, cause lot, there's always money handling procedures. Like that's such a benefit to learn all those things before you get into a place where you should be overseeing those things. Yeah. So that would be some of my advice for the leaders listening to this podcast. That's awesome. Um, I like how we're talking about ultimately the mission of your church being the driver yeah. And I think it's really, really important that everyone ought to know in their church how they uniquely support the mission of Ooh, the nice. church. Yeah. Um, in order for them to feel like they are a part of the church, that they are crucial. How do they fulfill the mission uniquely, I think, is a great way to help to have everyone know that they are a part of the driver or part of that community. Because it's one thing for me. I love this because you're bringing up a whole other side of this where it's one thing for me to be affirmed and to be loved by somebody else in a way where they're saying, great job, Pastor Joel, at doing this. Like my leaders value me. But is what I'm doing and what I'm valued for intrinsically causing me to feel fulfilled is the whole, that's the thing you just brought up. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is to find the way I uniquely love the mission that I'm in. Yeah. So I'm, am I in a community that's loving me, that's affirming me and valuing me? And how am I loving this community? How am I? facilitating this driver so what would be an example at your church of somebody somebody experiencing both sides of that so someone experiencing the side of like you're saying first like say being appreciated for what they're doing yeah i would say a way that that our leaders are are appreciated is by we have a pre-service before our service. So we have a service dedicated to, to kind of investing into our leaders Awesome. on a Sunday. And it's a time for them to get fed. I think oftentimes it's, you know, they're feeding and they're giving and they're serving, but they also like, I want to make sure that they have a special time for them. The, the, so that it they're sharing and they're getting an opportunity to yeah. process and they're learning and they're applying situations just to help them grow. So that's the leader. Yeah, that. one of the things: the more people become leaders, a lot of times those things get missed. We 
we, especially the more excellent people become, it's easy to overlook that they still are sheep who need to be touched by the shepherd. So true. Now, do you have an example of the other side that you brought up of what would it like? What's a specific example of somebody in music life church Appleton that, you know, is somebody who found a way to further the mission that brings them fulfillment just intrinsically. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we're really passionate about is, I mean, I very simply playing on the worship team is an example of that where people have found um, they have musical abilities and they're able to give that and facilitate it facilitates a safe place. So someone that I play with on the worship team is a, a gifted guitarist and it's his way to facilitate a group of people in the healing process, creating yeah. that space for people to heal. You know, there's other people in the church. I think of, um, you know, both of the associate pastors have a huge heart for outreach and meeting and connecting with people and different sides of the spectrum of who's been hurt by the church. There's one spectrum uh, of people who are really angry at the church. And one of my associate pastors is just brilliant at helping people who are angry. Whereas the other associate pastor is really gifted at helping people who've kind of like gone into their shell and been, you know, abused and kind of collapsed. Oh man. Be, from being hurt. And so uh, we kind of see uh, the, the, the spectrum of people being between our associate pastors. And so we've kind of found out that there's a lot of different people who've been hurt and it's come out in a lot of different ways. And the, on the, both of, of the extreme ends of the spectrum, our associate pastors kind of cover that. Yeah. And everyone's, everyone's between them in terms of how people can get cared for and how it looks when people have been hurt by the church. And it's examples of two different people with two different uniquenesses being able to, in their own way, drive the mission of your church together. Absolutely. It's also yeah. examples. They, they can walk away from a service having done that feeling fulfilled, whether they get affirmed for it or not. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have both the appreciation from the outside and the fulfillment inside, man, you're going to have people who want to volunteer. Yeah. But a lot of this comes down to one, knowing what the mission of your church is. Mm-hmm believing in the mission of your church and actually wanting to find a way for you to fit in with it. How can you facilitate that mission? Right. And those are things you've done a great job at helping your people with. So the benefits, that's this driver. How many churches are missing or are too abstract with the, what the benefit of their church is. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's like, we having the mission of refuge restoration and repair being able to for all of our people to know that that's our mission and they're able to state it and i think they're able to guide it i just really want to make sure that our people feel appreciated you know in in them man and so i just i i really appreciate this topic pastor joel because you know, how, how much, how many volunteers we both have in our, in our church is, 
in our respective churches are, it's pretty amazing. It is. And to know that none of them have to do what they're doing. And that's one of the things that I feel like in our training is realizing where it's us as, as the senior pastor and the pastors are ought to be the ones that are the have tos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, the buck stops at you. Right. Where it's, if something needs to get done, it should fall on the leaders or the, the, you know, the, the senior pastor, the other pastors to accomplish it, to facilitate the flock. It shouldn't, the people shouldn't be bearing the pain or the weight of the leadership of the church should be the pastor who's bearing the leadership of the church and everyone else gets to serve or, you know, they found their unique way to get energy doing this thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Where the pastor does it, whether they get the energy or not, whether they want to or not. And, And unfortunately now we look at this another way. I think you can diagnose through what we're just talking about why so many pastors end up getting burnt out. Yeah, man. And as the reason they get burnt out, one, maybe because they put themselves in a position where they need to just, they, they've taken too much control and they need to give up control over some of their responsibilities and yeah. let people serve. Yeah. Or is it a church that's starting to get frustrated that they don't feel valued and now people just aren't volunteering to help anymore. But either way, the buck stops at the pastor, I think, for whatever reason that is, is, is one of the main reasons that pastors do get burnt out. Man. Because whether it's their fault or not, a lot of pastors are doing, I would say it, too much of the work. And it's yeah. distracting them from getting in the word caring for their people and praying to the Lord, man. And that's huge. And everything, I feel like everything with this goes back to the mission of the church. That's yeah. the driver. That's the yeah. unique driver of the church. And if a church has an abstract mission or they don't know how to do their mission or the, you know, it's not unique from a different right. church, because if it's not unique from a different church, then I can't say that it's what's the purpose? What's the mission? Why does, why does God need that church? And again, it's just like, and, and I don't think God's sitting there going, you know what? We need to have more quantitative churches out there. I don't think so either. I don't think that's how he's doing it. I don't think God's on the strict side going, let's go. Let's, the measure of profitability is a bunch of the same churches with the same mission, with the same, you know, amount of seats or the same goals or the same, uh-huh. everything's the same, same, same between them, just more. Yeah. God's not doing that. I, I can't, uh, he doesn't. Why do I don't, we? I know we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't do that with, as oh, that's people. good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. us as people, aren't we all so unique? Aren't we all so different as people, like the uniqueness that he's given to us? And Everyone gets explain. that, right? Right. So aren't our we churches? bodies? Aren't we supposed to be bodies? Aren't we supposed to be individuals? 
So I just feel like people are saying that God has a strict perspective. That is good. God wants that. Holy more churches. And quantitative. More, quantity, more quantity, more quantity, not more quality. Oh, I just got to, I just got to fill up heaven so that I can send my son back to get his bride. Like, no, he wants a bride to be a specific quality of person. Yeah. That's why it's taken so long. We should give, we should be giving everyone the opportunity, but us as pastors and leaders really do have a responsibility to help drive the mission in our churches. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And then I think, yeah, the Lord will add, right? The Lord Lord will add. add. Yep. So can we look at those three categories of people related to self-esteem in the church? The low self-esteem people tend to be people who are deceived and they're not quite in a good enough thought process or have the right doctrine to be able to discern the difference between a church and a business. Nice. And likely their reason for being in church is for a quantitative reason anyways. So whether they're actually getting a benefit from the church, these people tend not to really care too much about. The mid-self-esteem people, we see these people oftentimes frustrated because there's a contradiction. And talk about the associate pastor you have that helps people who are angry that guy is great at helping people in this area because a lot of times he's going to be able to help put words to the feelings and and understand the people who are coming towards him saying why in the world is the church i go to telling me to give them money all the time Mm. but not helping me why do i have to help them Mm. when they're not helping me that's frustrating. That's a oh, contradiction. Absolutely. It sure is. And these people have enough self-esteem to know this contradiction is going to kill me if I don't leave. <laughs> and the high self-esteem people, they're the ones who, who recognize reality. They know what they can offer. They do offer it. Yet they also recognize the responsibility of running an organization like a church. They know There is money needed to pay rent and to pay the bills. There is volunteers needed to run these services and events. So I'm not going to ignore that. In fact, I'm going to treat it with care. Nice. Yet my main priority is going to always be, you know what? If we don't have enough volunteers, I'll do it. (laughs) Because the mission itself is more important than anything. Nice. Which leads us to the ultimate answer. The ultimate answer is the church offers a benefit through resources. So the church does their mission through or with the assistance of resources. With the assistance of resources, yes. So the focus is let's do the mission as much as possible. We cannot do it enough. We can't do the Great Commission enough. (laughs) We just need the resources to be able to go into all the world. (laughs) We're going going into all the world. We're making disciples. We're doing all of these things. 
and the resources that we have, we, we will need resources to do this. I need gas for my car so I can go to Michigan every other week and help this other church. Beautiful. I need food in my belly while I'm on the road. There we but go. it is about, it's about, it's about, it's about the mission. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We will see you next time.